don't have sex you're gonna get pregnant and then you're gonna die don't do drugs you're gonna get you're gonna you're gonna get addicted then you're gonna die so it was like <laughs> these things were out of reach you don't do it you don't think about it you see it on tv and it looks interesting but that's about it like it's not something that was you know what's good my name's naria and my name is caroline this is the cathartic experience Two therapists talking about life in an unfiltered way. Hello, hello. Welcome to episode number 14. 14. Where we are talking about sex. Yo. Yo. <laughs> Please, parents, if you see this, my parents in particular, if you see this episode, just keep on scrolling. You ain't gotta open it. You ain't gotta listen to it. <laughs> You're so but, much. I can't. Before we start, though, how are you? <laughs> you know how I'm doing because I no longer have the water. I have a meal replacement. You do have a meal replacement. <laughs> that means you're feeding yourself. <laughs> but I'm okay. You know how it'd be. Things to do, people to see. <laughs> the admin. Oh, God. Emails. Emails. expectation that someone's always accessible mm -hmm. so people send emails and they get frustrated when you don't answer in like 48 hours and it's like sorry i was breathing and shitting and sleeping yeah and trying to manage all my other things mm -hmm. too yeah not just the practice but also personal life um which people don't think you have because you have an email mm -hmm. so but yeah all of that it'd be a lot how are you I think for me, I, I have reached a point where I kind of realize everything is a lot, but it's one of those things is like, you reach this place where you're like, what you gonna do? What you gonna do about it? You know what I mean? You just reach... No, speak. You, you just reach that place where it's like, yeah, I've been overwhelmed since 2020. Mm -hmm. um, this is it new. It started in 2018. We'll keep pushing. <laughs> and I'm waiting for my next vacation yeah but it's like if i take that vacation how am i gonna make money right you know it's and almost like i I've, it's almost like i prioritize money over relaxation right but also if you do take time off what am i gonna do what am i gonna do we're in the middle of a goddamn pandemic yeah can't go nowhere we can't do nothing mm -hmm. can't see nobody it would be one of the last places operating like this in Canada. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Anyways, so let's delve into sex. So first, <clears throat> I think it would be important to talk about what we thought about it growing up. Like right. as kids who knew nothing about it, mm -hmm. how did people talk to us about it? Just how we perceived it with so mm -hmm. little information. So let's start with you. Why are you trying to put me on the spotlight? Yeah, put you on the blast. Um, how did I perceive it? I actually low-key perceived it as something... As something... Is the word dangerous? Or something that you just shouldn't be doing? Um, from an early age, my parents sat me down and my brothers because we're on the same age and they're like don't have sex you're gonna get pregnant and then you're gonna die don't do drugs you're gonna get you're gonna you're gonna get addicted then you're gonna die so it was like 
these things were out of reach. <laughs> you don't do it. You don't think about it. You see it on TV and it looks interesting, but that's about it. Like, it's not something that was, you know, top of mind for me. I think my earliest memory, because I think that children are just sexual by nature. Yeah. Um, I've just seen so many children act in ways I'm like, bro, you're a pervert. Or like, <laughs> you're just like a really sexual being. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy to me how some parents try to deny that or they try to shame it. Right. Um, but when I grew up, my earliest memory is some, is some little... A little Romeo running around, mm -hmm. chasing me um, in daycare, trying okay. to kiss me. And I was like, I didn't know what a kiss was, but I was just like, Ow, <laughs> don't touch me. So I was running, running, running. And I remember, like, I don't, I didn't remember, I didn't know what that was. But mm -hmm. it's so crazy, like, growing up with a whole bunch of, like, sexual imagery mm -hmm. and, and stuff like that. I grew up in Brooklyn, so... You know, when you think about um, rap, hip hop, yeah. music videos, it's I would always see sexuality, mm -hmm. but it's almost like I didn't think I was sexual. Mm -hmm. Like I was just this innocent girl watching. How uh, old were you? When I was in New York, I was it was like three to eight years old. Okay. But I remember watching TV, and to me, it was just like okay, Beyonce on the beach with her skin all oiled down mm -hmm. in this like skimpy outfit. To me, it was just like, yo, Beyonce's lit, like, dude. No. Like, it, it wasn't this, like, oh, why she shows so much skin. Mm -hmm. It was just more of like, oh, look at her dancing. Her body looks good. Yeah. Like, I, for me, when I was young, I literally had so many female. Oh, but I had so many This mic. This mic is about to fall apart. Um, it'd be like that sometimes. I just had so many female idols where it was just like, the things they were doing, I didn't see it as sexual and inappropriate. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It was, to me, it was just like a female idol with a body. I mm -hmm. didn't sexualize her. Right. But it's when you came into the world and starting to understand dynamics between maybe men and women and how people perceive women and how people sexualize women. For me, it came very late. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't... I remember being one of those girls who just didn't care. My, my parents weren't home a lot, so I didn't learn a lot about how to take care of myself as a mm -hmm. female. So I remember like running around on the playground. My titties grew in quick. So <laughs> I was running around on the playground. Them shits was flopping. And I didn't even put it in my mind mm -hmm. that like as a young girl, your titties shouldn't be flopping. Mm -hmm. Until my, my mom was like, oh, you should probably wear a bra now. I'm like, mm -hmm. por qué? Like, You're like, let why? me be. For what? Mm -hmm. I, because for me... I didn't see myself as a sexual being. I didn't understand right. that some people perceive me as someone to have sex with. Mm -hmm. So sex never crossed my mind. Right. Until like later, later, maybe even into like 15 where I was introduced to like Shane Dawson. Mm. And Shane Dawson had like a whole bunch of videos um, and this is like back in his like early right. career days. Early YouTube. He was like so raunchy in terms of his comedy. Mm. He had so much sexual jokes, but still, my friends and I saw it purely as comedy. Hmm. We're just like, this is so fucking funny. Like mm -hmm. he's talking about 
like ass pussy this like like, like for us it was just so comedic we just found it funny but again it wasn't in the way where we saw ourselves mm-hmm. as, as sexual, sexual beings. beings okay but i feel like for me but it was early on and i feel like maybe because of the religion aspect to it where it's like cover up cover up all the time and i'm like thinking about it now being like eight years old and not feeling comfortable and still i don't feel comfortable walking around in my own house in my underwear Mm -hmm. i've never done that ever but again your family has a lot of people and Mm -hmm. men you have a lot of men yeah yeah so being told often but i'm like Eight years old, nine years old, even ten, but even sixteen, low key. I didn't have no boobs. I didn't have no. (laughs) (laughs) Curves were starting to come in, but that happened much later on. But it was the concept Mm. of they cover up. You can't show your shoulders. Your shoulders. Yeah, like skirts can't be too short. They have to be longer. People gonna try to fuck your shoulders. But it'd be, it'd be like that um, up in Catholic yeah. church. So being told to cover up all the time and not understanding why you have to do it, but just being told, like, do it, do it, do it. And so I think that's why for me, like, sex was like, uh, like, it's there, but you don't have access to it. This isn't for mm. you, right? I think interestingly enough, my parents never really spoke to me about that, about sex itself. Really? Yeah, my mom was more so, she was, I remember in high school, I started to go to parties. I was like 16, 17. Mm-hmm. And she would let me go. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you know, just be careful with your drink and don't do anything you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. And then when I when I was 18, it turned into, and she said it very kind of like roundabout. Mm-hmm. Where it was like, if you're going to do something, just make sure you're protected. Mm. and that was that okay this indirect mm-hmm. but i've also had situ all of it wait what so, you gonna say with my with my <laughs> <laughs> with one of my former partners who i did introduce to my family mm. um oh, so you know apple the cloud and all um but no <laughs> so, but no we, <laughs> we would see each other pictures back and forth right and our the con like our conversations were sometimes mm-hmm. you know a little derogatory you know what i am quaking once i had to borrow my mom's ipad for a semester no 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 they <laughs> no no go back right go what do you mean Before I gave it back to her babe. i don't know if through the messages but in the images some of them were of his body, like, kind of nude. Oh, Nude-ish. So, there are no parts showing. So, I think she knew. Oh, but... <laughs> but but like, my mom would have had a field day. No. <laughs> it's something we didn't talk about. What's interesting, though, is one of my... That same partner. I remember talking to him on FaceTime once, and his mom was in the room. Mm-hmm. And then I said something about how he has a hairy ass. And then I... But you think... <laughs> Bob her, oh, and she was mad because she was like, "Oh, she's seen your ass." But, but, for the record, I am pushing her. <laughs> that means that you know. And I was just like, "Oh, well, this is like your 19, 20 year old son." Like, mm-hmm. 
are you developing this expectation that he's going to be pure? Like, quote-unquote, quote-unquote. Quote-unquote right. pure until he's married? Like, are you But that he wasn't even... Of- it wasn't even, like, part of his, like, ver- like um, the way he perceived the world, though. No, like, they weren't a religious family. Yeah. Like, for, I think for her, it was just, like, it was her younger son. Like, you're taking someone, like, you're taking him from her? Yeah, I'm taking his innocence. But oh, but he was, yeah, he was never innocent. He was yeah. never innocent. He was <laughs> running the streets for a minute. Out here. Out here. <laughs> out there. <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> so, and he got... He got like irritated at me, and I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, your parts, bro. Like, and she knows that, and she doesn't have to ask any more about it because it's none of her business. Oh, my, no, my, 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 my family, my mother. She's the one who talks about sex. She's the one who goes directly for the jugular. Bay. She'll be like, hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then she'll be like what would she say she'll be like in creole she'll be like hey, hey uh you and you and such and such are having sex <laughs> <laughs> and i was like no <laughs> no but truth the truth or not the truth i'm always like man you go for no you say no you always say no. you always say no because you can't handle the truth but it is a trap you trap. can be honest with me <laughs> It's the a trap. It's a whole trap. <laughs> I'm still on your story about the iPad. But I think, like, you know, I started watching pornography when I was young. Like, maybe. I remember being. Maybe it was the end of high school. And I remember as soon as I found it, I just kept watching it. Mm-hmm. And for a short period, oh, short period of time, that's what I was watching. And I didn't know. That you're supposed to put your iPhone or whatever on incognito. But don't tell and me. <laughs> so I think my mom was seeing what I was watching. And she was like, oh, don't. Like, I, I forget what she said. But she addressed it in, again, a roundabout way. And I remember when I was even younger, like 10, 11, 12, I was on Have a Hotel. Mm-hmm. Like, this little game where people would make avatars. Yeah. I would, like talk to people and be like do you want to have sex mm-hmm. like with my fucking virtual avatar Man. so it's just like even from a young age i was a sexual being but mm-hmm. because my parents never spoke to me about it i never i never just it's like I, I was saying the word sex without knowing what it meant right or knowing what it entailed mm-hmm. i don't even think i had a visual image or, or of what that was until i started watching pornography much later yeah and to me it was more of like a, a fascination thing where mm-hmm. i was like oh this is, this is yeah. interesting. People mm-hmm. do this with their bodies. So for yeah. me, it was always this like investigative, scientific thing where it's just like, this seems so interesting. Mm-hmm. But around the time when I was 16, 17, and I was never like religious, but it's almost like I felt that Catholic guilt where it's like, if you think about it, if you do it, you're a bad mm-hmm. person. It has to do with your value, your worth, and all those types of things. And I remember feeling, like, caged in by the Mm -hmm. idea that, you know, just, like, a penis inserting into a vagina was enough to devalue your whole worth as a human being. Like, to me, it never really made sense. Mm -hmm. And... Why do you think you felt that, though? I just felt like it wasn't fair to tell someone they were a bad person. 
Mm -hmm. for doing anything. Right. Because people are going to do it anyways. So why is it that they have to then sit with the guilt that they're somehow less worthy than the people who chose to not do it? Because sexuality is such a big part of this culture. Whether it's sexual innuendos, whether mm. it's how people dress, whether it's, you know, music. In a lot of music videos, yeah. there's just a lot of sexuality. In the music, there's sexuality. There are movies, TV shows. Movies. Yeah. So sex sells. Mm. It's all over, all the time. And it's mm -hmm. just like, oh, but you're bad if you think about the fact that you're surrounded mm -hmm. by it. So it's just like, how does that make any sense? Right. But I think it, it's this thing where... Right, it's is it not speaking to maybe having a certain standards for yourself though, in terms of who you want to have access to your body and who shouldn't have access to your body? But for me, it's like, why should this thing govern? Yeah, why should mm. sex equate someone's worthiness mm -hmm. when it's a sometimes 30 minute max act between two people? Right, like, what about it makes it so sacred? Because mm -hmm. I, I do think that it, it, it's, it has a different meaning mm -hmm. for different people. people. Yeah. And it's just like some people expect that sex will be the way they express mm -hmm. their love for someone or their closeness to or their intimacy with someone. For other people, it is merely an act. Mm -hmm. It is merely, some people, it's a sporting event. Other people, it's, they do it to get money. So it's just like, it's not about the sex, but it's mm -hmm. about what that sex is about for you. And I think right. for me, as I grew older, like, I still don't know where I'm at on it mm -hmm. entirely, but I almost do know. What I do know is that sexual chemistry is important. Right. And that it can't... Like, I always remember thinking, like, oh, if I have a great relationship... That means that the sex if, is going to be great. Like, if I emotionally bond with the person, yeah. I get along with the person, then sex doesn't matter to me. Oh, doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I thought to myself, like, if the whole relationship is strong itself, then I don't need sex. It's mm. part of the relationship. But that's... I learned that lesson the hard way. Yeah. Because for some people, that is possible. But then I had to learn for myself. It's like... Mm -hmm. No, it's not that you, it's not that sex isn't part of the equation. It is. It just adds to compatibility. Right. And, and it's important that you feel that sense of connectedness and chemistry within that too, because it is part of the relationship. Right. To be honest, I'm still trying to figure that one out. Mm -hmm. Like, where's the line between, you know, how much space it should take in a relationship mm -hmm. versus just, you know, choosing to do it just because you want to right where's that line so I i'm still trying like, to figure that out that's a good point i feel like i've fallen into kind of the predictable pattern mm -hmm. which is like at the beginning because hormones are so high and you're mm -hmm. so excited about the other person that you just want to like be with them and touch them all the time mm -hmm. and that type of thing and then as time goes on, as you get to right. know one another, you settle into a routine, you have arguments, you have conflicts, and then mm -hmm. it almost, it, not that it doesn't become a problem, but it becomes like a little piece in the mosaic of the mm -hmm. relationship because there are so many other moving pieces. How do I feel about your parents? How are your hobbies? How are your savings? How are your, and 
all those things yeah. you have to pay attention to. And sex becomes a part of that. And I think when sex is difficult for people, when they ha- are having trouble in their sex lives, mm. it may take more of a forefront. Yeah, of course it does. I think anything you have a problem with in a relationship takes the forefront. It takes the forefront. So it's really interesting. I I think for me, sexual compatibility is really important. And and what that means in and of the act itself is that I think there's something important about someone being able to access their sexual energy. And I think Hmm. for me, what that has looked like is, you know, thinking about sensuality Mm -hmm. and... How does the person touch, for example? Are they touching in a way that it's rush, where they want to just get to the da, 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 da. <laughs> tapping you and shit, like not touching you? Or, or do they take time mm-hmm. to explore, to caress, to right. get to know, to treat well, to massage? Ask questions, like, yeah. Ask questions, get to know you. Do they... Are they, is it very mechanical for them? Mm-hmm. Does it seem like they have to think about what they're doing? Mm-hmm. Or do they just Flow. kind of let go? Yeah. Do, are they able to let go and just see what happens? So I think within, within the act itself, it's almost like I've learned a lot about people. Mm-hmm. Parts of people and how they operate. And it's so interesting. Mm-hmm. What I find the most interesting about relationships and sex is that you know your partner that way. Mm. a way that nobody no one else may knows know them. them yeah and to me that's crazy because <laughs> sometimes I, I access people's different personalities Personality. or their yeah. alter ego through mm-hmm. sex where it's like for example maybe in real life they're more submissive and then they turn into this dominant dominant mm. person behind the right. scenes and it's just mind-blowing yeah the layers that we have but there's like something unique about that that you're the only person, person who could see mm. them in that unless they're cheating on you but um <laughs> anyways uh, you're the only person who can see them in that you're so much <laughs> and i had a conversation um with a person i went on a date with recently and he was telling me about how mm. one of his former partners um was reenacting her trauma through sex, through sex. Mm-hmm. so wanting to do aggressive things like being mm. choked and hit but not in the way where it's like this is pleasurable right in the way where it's like i'm trying to um kind of recreate something hmm. that i have it resolved subconsciously right so it's a crazy how it translates s- yeah, into sex and then what sex could be about for some people mm-hmm. and right. I-, I think in and of itself one part of the battle I think I've always come up against is, you know, insecurity in terms of the body within sex. Like, you know, how do my parts look and do those parts look These lights normal? be shut. These lights be shut. <laughs> lights don't. don't. <laughs> Why can't I? What do you want to see? Yeah, you trying to see that? like, nah. All the way, yeah, all we the can way. dim. No one <laughs> in the sunlight with, with mother sun out in the, up in the sky like this. You're trying to see all, all crevices, all. The <laughs> I've always been a lights off person. They, I. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. If, 
if we'll ever turn on the lights. <laughs> but it it does. It um I feel like sometimes it points out your like your insecurities. Yeah, and it's like you're letting you're engaging in something pretty vulnerable mm -hmm. and all your insecurities are out there on the table whether it's yeah. like a wrinkle of skin or that your stomach stretch marks stretch marks cellulite babe maybe, maybe your titties don't stick up perky bees maybe they babe. maybe you don't like the way your titty, the titties look yeah, babe. so everything's out on the babe. table things being plucked things being waxed no, things being babe. Babe. and grown hair babe. No, the act of getting prepared <laughs> Course, it's an olympic sport but you're out here shaving i out here thinking of all the scents mm -hmm. the deodorant perfume mm -hmm. hair shit like there's just to make sure babe. it's and, and i'm sure not everyone prepares for it but for me it's like you're not gonna catch me at the end of the day and not yeah. think i'm not about to pop in the shower because i am not a spontaneous bitch babe, but i feel like maybe getting to a level of comfort too with someone where it's like hey yeah, this is not shaved but you're gonna get it this exact way, and this is how it's gonna be. But, <laughs> but at the end of the day, though, when we're gonna work in twelve hours, I, I'm gonna pop in the shower. Like we start yeah. some, we're just gonna put it on pause for your well-being. And it well doesn't look like it looks like in the movies, with this like, hmm. it starts and then no condoms, no protection, and then somehow it ends up always with an orgasm. It's like it is. It, it doesn't always look like that. There's pauses. There's, hey, I need to go pee. There's, <laughs> there's, this doesn't work for me right now. There's so many, but, and I feel like I've come to idealize it in many ways. The way that it's supposed, quote unquote, to look like. I think, and that's something that, that's really interesting because, you know, when people are like, I look that, like, I look that porn and it doesn't look that way. I have mean, looked at movies mm. and it doesn't look that way. For me, it's almost like I've almost been privileged enough to experience an idealized version of it. Bet. That it's like, oh no, that is possible. Mm. It's, it's not always the case. Right, but it is possible. It is possible. Mm -hmm. it is, it's in the realms of possibilities. It is. Mm -hmm. It really is. And I think some people, and it goes back to sexual chemistry sometimes, mm -hmm. some people you won't have to coach them through mm. what to do to you. Right, they just know. They just know. Mm -hmm. Somehow, you both just know what the other likes right away. Other people, it takes time and communication mm -hmm. and openness to talk about that. But honestly, if you're never going to talk about what you like during sex, mm -hmm. then you're always going to be disappointed because you're not going to give that person the chance to try what you like the way you like it. Mm -hmm. But sometimes when you do give a person direction and they can't follow through, or they get frustrated, that's another concern. Bit, or they get frustrated. I feel like one thing um, I've had with um, with um, I was male clients is that the the lack of control. Mm -hmm. Like when you watch porn, it's very controlled, right? You you kind of you search for mm -hmm. a specific ending to the story but when it's like in real life and either you're not well versed <laughs> and things in, regard, in regards to sex and it's like do this do that there's lack of control right and it's like i i think oftentimes too men try to almost mimic mm. what they see to the 
the point where it's like the woman doesn't become another participant she becomes right. an object yeah. within the act and mm-hmm. you're missing a whole other part of the experience mm-hmm. what if she doesn't like what you're doing right check in right and i think also that like porn sometimes can it can be fake too so they're like, well, I, I was watching this and it was successful for him. Why isn't this work? But you're dealing with an actual person who's not performing that as well. Body. Yeah. And not everybody's always vocal during sex. Mm-hmm. And I think porn has this expectation that everyone's going to, it's going to be this grand event. But for some right. people, it doesn't, it doesn't look or feel that way. Mm-hmm. And then we get into all the potential you know, um, sexual dysfunction mm. and how they play a role. But that's, a, that's, that's another, another, yeah, another so, day. I think I'm still trying to understand what sex is in terms of what it means. Mm-hmm. You know, what it means. And I'm like, hmm. Sometimes I'm like, I'm, I wonder if this is just like another compatibility thing for me. Where it's right. like, oh, this is another area where we align mm-hmm. or where we should align. Um, and I think as I've gone on in some of my relationships, it's not always been at the forefront mm. where it's like other things take that place. Where it's like, right. I literally would rather cuddle, eat and watch something. Mm. Like that is my, that is where my heart belongs. Right. Cause sometimes sex may work. Oh, having sex is work. Not having sex is work too. <laughs> <laughs> So, at the present moment, I'm (laughs) choosing to not have sex and waiting until marriage. Um, I don't know, just in terms of my religion, in terms of being a Christian and what that means for me, you know, la-di-da, and um, choosing to let that part of the relationship take place after we're married. But I feel like that also comes with its own frustrations. Mm, um, such as? They, like, I'm not feeling scared because, mm, self-disclosure, we've had sex before. Um, <laughs> but just um, thinking about, like, why are we waiting, really, sometimes? And knowing that it is in terms of our beliefs, but it's like, whether we do it now or whether we do it later, is it gonna... Is it going to feel different? Is it going to be different? And I feel like we're already waiting for so many things, like moving in together mm-hmm. and things like that for later. But I don't know. I'm very much like on the fence, but still, um, we're going we're gonna to wait. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I know what you mean, though. Trying to understand what the significance of it is. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Why it's been so talked up. Mm-hmm. In society itself. And the way that people see you too, mm-hmm. right? Because now all of a sudden it's like, good for you guys, right? And you guys are doing the right thing. What does that mean? What does that mean? A lot more questions than answers. Yeah. <laughs> more questions a lot than more answers. questions than answers. And, um, it's, and it's interesting because it's like, sex sometimes guides people's interactions. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, for some people, communication with you is a means to that end of having sex with you. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, why? 
Yeah. And I know for a lot of men, it's the sense of I've conquered something. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, why don't you conquer your finances? Okay. Why don't you conquer this job? <laughs> why, why don't you conquer your aspirations? Like, what is it about mm -hmm. conquering oh, another person's person? body that body is that's so important to you? Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to understand that in the framework of what it is to be a individual. Mm -hmm. But even in terms of like, um, in people's language, like, what's your body count? Yeah. What's your body count? And for them to want to know something like that about you. Why don't you, why would you not be interested about my credit score, perhaps? If you're really thinking about joining our lives, to, you know what I mean? Like, what is that number going to do for you? Right. Oh, it's almost like you're, they're trying to put you on, like, categorize you. And it's just like, is that having to do with worthiness, though? If, right. you're, if your number's too high, mm. maybe that means you're too easy. That's how some people perceive that. Mm -hmm. If your number's too low, then you're somehow a bit more desirable. Because that means right. not many people have had access to you. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, that perception of everything still boggles my mind. Yeah. Because it's just like we're sexual beings right it's so, very much part of our nature so for a sexual being to have sex and then be shamed for doing it i don't understand mm -hmm. right i don't get it yeah but that's a whole different that's a whole other conversation mm -hmm. but I think that... and usually that question is asked to women isn't it like what's your body yeah. count i mean sometimes women ask it in men but well. yes, but the the impact that it has when you ask that to a woman, it, I I sense that is greater versus mm. when you ask it because a guy having a high but oh, yeah, like he's he's that guy. He's yeah. Yeah. It, it, I yeah. know what I'm doing. Mm. It's there's sex is so political in that mm. it is about policing women's bodies, bodies. and what mm -hmm. they do, what they have the right to, what what it means about them, mm -hmm. and that type of thing. So that's a whole other conversation, and it's really unfortunate that it's that way. But uh, I think what I've liked recently is just kind of the advocating surrounding, you know, sex work. Mm. and the fact that people do use sex to make money right since and the beginning of time like, especially and i mean i always you know a part of the advocacy is that it should be safe mm -hmm. or there should be safety measures surrounding this because it is how some people mm -hmm. provide for themselves and they're allowed to be protected in that place right. but again a whole other conversation right. sex right. takes up so much of our lives so there's so, much. so many conversations we could have about it but i think i think we're good for today yeah. in terms of talking about our perceptions mm -hmm. of sex um and i think the question i would ask the audience is how has your perception of sex changed over time mm, okay so that's the question think about it write it down reflect mm. on it um, but with this, we'll leave you with... Bet. <laughs>